pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Just a quick reminder before we get started, if you want to find out about all the latest news and updates, and even add each episode in your mailbox as soon as they're released, just go to theconstitutioncommandos.org. Sign in. My name is Chris. Calling my brother Patrick right now, and you're listening to The Constitution Commandos. As long as we don't have any uh, CIA ninjas doing any MK Ultra testing on our computers, we're all right. Oh, no, FBI's tapped in listening, man. Oh, they've been That's listening right. for a long time. I hope they're enjoying the show. Yeah, well, they're probably going to learn something. So, anybody in Big Brother, why don't you leave your comments below? <laughs> Absolutely. We yeah, read them all. Feedback. Yeah, your feedback is greatly appreciated. And please, <laughs> please be detailed on your comments and leave us what department you're in and what office you work for. <laughs> <laughs> And be sure to let us know which one of us you would like to talk to. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I, I need I need this information because I like to see Christmas cards out. <laughs> Absolutely, most definitely. And if you don't mind, leave your birth date as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't care about your social security number. We can get that ourselves. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I love people always tell you can't say that, man. You're on the telephone. Don't you know who's listening? I'm like, don't you know you don't need the telephone for them to be listening? <laughs> yeah, I know it, man. They got satellites yeah, in space that can hear everything we say. <laughs> well, they don't even need them now. Because, I mean, they got Pegasus software. Mm-hmm. That Pegasus software, man, that shit. I tell you what, I can understand the premise behind it. And I can understand, you know, creators and writers wanting to come up with a software like that they sell it to these governments the governments are using it for nefarious reasons and uh man it's fine on everybody i mean everybody that's got any type of a device a cell phone a smart tv uh amazon what you call it that you talk to in your house man these people they hear everything that we are talking about and it don't matter yeah, it don't matter if it's in your damn pocket. You ain't talking on the phone. If it's got a microphone and a camera, they're accessing it. Hey, your phone can tell you if you've got COVID now. <laughs> yeah, my phone can't tell me how to get to Ohio. I don't believe anything my phone says. <laughs> yeah. I keep calling them smart devices, but I haven't figured out where the smart is yet yeah i haven't seen a level of intellectual or well any quality that would say is advanced in any way artificial or otherwise yeah i mean i I think it's awesome that i can play solitaire on it i I love playing solitaire my wife will tell you i get on solitaire and i play that for three four hours at a time man which is horrible i mean i'm kind of calling myself out Hmm. I mean, it's not like any grown man that's actually contributing to the household or society ever has three hours <laughs> idle that they can sit around and waste on a damn game on their phone. But, <laughs> well, guilty, guilty. 
I like the fact that um, they did come up with one feature on these phones that I do like simply because I hate texting. Now, if I could just get the damn thing to translate properly, I'd be all right. Yeah, the dictation thing, man. Oh, dude. It's pathetic. I'll tell you another <laughs> thing that jerks me out. I'll tell you, you know, honest, think about this. And it is exactly like what you're talking about. Like, if you sit there on a day, like me, I got my garment trucker's GPS. The lady in the box that talks to me, I mean, and I don't know why I chose the woman's voice over the man's voice, but probably because I'm a man and it's whatever. But <laughs> she sounds like a freaking robot. She can't pronounce words that are English, you know? Right. And it's like, it's like with all the advancements out there, you mean to tell me that you can't sit down and program the woman in the box to have a more human voice? Now, I wait mean, a really? First of all, think about what you're saying. You're talking about getting the woman to do anything, right? I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, but granted, this is this is a digital woman. I, I mean, let's say I picked the man's voice, but either way. The person in the box that's talking to me, telling me to take a left turn in 500 feet, they, 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 they're horrible. They can't pronounce words. It sounds like a robot. It's like, y'all can do a lot better on technology. I mean, I'm just here to call every one of y'all out. You programmers and engineers, y'all have got your priorities fucked up. I feel, I, mean, like I, have... another, I feel like I hear another Alice in Chains song coming out of this. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like... You, you can come up with a damn pair of glasses that has a, what do they call it? A, you can see it, upright display or whatever they heads call it. Heads up display. Yeah, heads up display in the freaking lens of a piece of eyeglasses. Now you're a cyborg. Yeah, but you can't come up with a that talks to you like a real person, not like a robot. I mean... Don't forget those little flying discs that we've got now that actually fly without jet propulsion. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, we can't forget about that kind of stuff. I mean, that's some really serious technology right there. How long was Delta Force a secret before they finally told us? Oh yeah, they do exist. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think anti gravity has been out there for a while. I mean. I mean, think about it. I mean, for me, I'm not a physicist or anything, but you would think that they would use some type of a magnetic pulse to do it. So, I mean, it's pretty basic. You put two magnets opposite polarities next to each other, pushes each other away. Well, how are you going to make a levitating anything? We what? have a magnetic pull, a gravitational pull on our planet. Mm -hmm. You can supercharge a reverse polarity and then some bitch will hover. Well, you know, when, like I, said, I, was, a, when I was I'm at National Aviation guy. Academy, my first instructor down there, he was, uh, he had this cute little device sitting on his desk one day. It looked like, it, it looked like a plate with three prongs, right? Yeah. They were sticking up in an angle, all three angled away from each other. And, um, of course, we all saw it, but it didn't draw our attention to it until after he asked us some some questions about the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. And, of course, uh, all the searching that's been done in the Bermuda Triangle, no planes or ships have been found or anything like that. 
So he asked what happened to them. They disappeared. We can't find them. And we're all scratching our heads like, where is he going with this? I mean, we're supposed to be learning about high-pressure hoses on an aircraft this week, you know? And um, he plugged this thing in, and he had just like a metal marble, I guess you'd say. And he dropped it in the, down toward the middle of that plate in between those prongs. And that thing launched like a bullet into the ceiling. He said, now, <laughs> what happened to all those planes and ships in the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> yeah, it's anti-gravity, and it I think it all deals with some type of magnetic. It is magnetic. Remember, um, do you remember all the um, problems they had down in New Orleans with headstones being moved? and you know, Yeah. Things coming out of the out of the graves that they had in there. That's what that was. Was magnetic, uh, mag it was magnetic reaction, or I guess you'd call it. But uh, that's what was causing that. You know, the Bermuda Triangle is not where it was when you and I were growing up. It's actually moved now. Which, by the way, Big Brother, since you're listening, global warming is hokey. All right, here's why: because every thousand years the poles north and south yeah. is yeah they swap places so we're yeah. gonna have some warming it's <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, yeah, I, I don't i don't it's like a religion to those people they're like in a cult that below it's definitely we a cult humans, but it's just to tell you as many lies as they can i'm just surprised that they come up with so many well, what it is is to drain you of your wealth, to take your money. That's all well, it is. Well. It's, a, no, it's a Ponzi scheme that has people falling for. And, you know, I mean, in my, my opinion, as humans, I mean, we are stewards of the planet. Absolutely. And... As humans, I believe that God put everything on this earth for us to utilize because it will keep producing. But God knew that we were going to just discover oil. God knew that we were going to turn this oil. We were going to transport it to refineries and make gas, diesel. He knew we were going to find stuff, and he knew we were going to build Objects with four wheels and a motor. Greta Thunberg is because at the guy. Am I working now? Yeah, you're there now. Am I working now? Yep. Okay. The only reason they gave us Greta Thunberg was because she was 16 years old with autism, and they knew that if anybody said anything to contradict what she was saying, we'd be labeled ableist and oh, we're hate mongers and all this shit. Who are you talking it's like about? Greta Thunberg, the girl that went up to the, what was it? The one running around the world on a damn jet telling people about global or climate change. Oh, she's doing this on a jet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only way she can get to all these about, different countries, man. About like John but, Kerry's pushing that Green New Deal, but he's got to go everywhere on a jet. <laughs> Yeah, but John Kerry will tell you point blank. His job is so important. He needs a jet. Oh, you don't okay. need transportation, but he does. Oh, yeah, is that whatever. the same philosophy as we don't need our border wall, but the White House needs a fence around it? Yeah, right. <laughs> or Joe Biden's 
Delaware home needs that big old wall built around it or oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but well, walls don't work. And and there's clear evidence that walls don't work. Go on the border. Look and watch yeah. where all these millions of people are going through. They're not coming over the wall. They're going in between the gaps where there is no wall. <laughs> well, Walls <it's>, work. <laughs> and they built that fence around the Capitol and it kept all of them crazy fools out. I mean, in or what? Either way, they were coming and going. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah but if people would take just a minute and listen to all this bullshit that these government officials are feeding us. And if they were used the level of critical thinking that was probably applicable that a five-year-old would use. You're talking about critical thinking? Everybody that's had, well, I mean, no, I'm just talking about <laughs> critical thinking. I right. mean, anybody that's got kids has had a four and a five-year-old go around and say, why, 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 why? <laughs> well, you know what? That's called an inquisitive mind. What is that a denier? No, they're curious. Is it annoying? Sure. But stop. <laughs> we, we need to get to the point where we start asking why again. You know what I mean? It's not like anything. The end of a, well, I mean, to me, the more annoying will be find yourself one day you wake up into slavery. Now, tell me what's more annoying, asking questions of your officials or turning around and just keeping your mouth shut and trying to condemn everybody else that wants to ask questions. Well, once you end up in slavery, it won't matter because then you can't ask anything. Oh, that's right. And they'll understand at that time, golly, man, I think we went the wrong way. Hey, Carl, did we misread <laughs> that sign? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with that lawnmower blade? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I aim to kill you with it. <laughs> Now get in there and make me some mustard, mustard biscuits. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that second whack got him pretty good. <laughs> and what do you say? How do you dial nine one one? I hear a lot yeah. of people right here saying the same thing. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man. I, I think people. I mean, for myself. I mean. I'm not in to give advice to anybody about anything ex except for basics. I mean, when I say basics, my advice generally, if I give it, it is based on an irrefutable fact. So my advice to any and everyone listening to this, and I don't give a shit what country you live in, I'm saying this based out of America. I'm saying this because me and every American has a constitution the United States Constitution, and uh, we have the First Amendment. But as far as I get, I'm concerned, everyone in this world was given their rights by God, and we all need to start speaking. That's it right. don't matter. It doesn't matter what the consequence is because nobody owes to war without getting some type of scars or wounds. That's right. It doesn't happen. And we are in war, the fifth generation warfare, war of information. And as long as they keep trying to suppress a person or an individual's voice, they're winning. And as long as we stay quiet, 
or walk on eggshells. We're giving it to them. Five minutes. Yeah. Then we have seceded. Yep. Or conceded. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't concede. I will not go quietly into the night. I won't do it. I have a loud voice. I've had it since I was born. I used to get kicked off the school bus because I'm so loud. People <laughs> still think I'm loud. But, I mean, I will I will speak my mind. Now, I don't deliberately go out of my way to piss people off or try to be offensive or nothing. Well, I take that back. We don't have to. Somebody, it's a natural tendency. <laughs> well, I mean, but there are some people. If I want them to put their hands on me, I'll try to insult them. And then... And I defend myself, but I mean, aside from that, I try to be fairly Christian. I try to think about what's about to come out of my mouth and I try to be deliberate with my words. So if somebody doesn't like what comes out of my mouth, I don't give a shit. They can fuck off because I'm not walking on eggshells for them. I'm not doing it. I don't give a shit what they say about me. I mean, well, it doesn't really matter because you just got through talking about we have a constitution. Well, the first amendment to that constitution is, well, the very first thing there is the freedom of religion. But then it goes to freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom to petition. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are all freedoms. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody to put on that uniform and served long enough to call themselves a veteran, earned the right to speak. And Well, we didn't just earn the right. We paid we for it. We secured the right for right. everybody, even if they didn't wear the uniform. Oh, absolutely. That's, that, that's Freedom of speech us. is protecting unpopular speech, too. That's right. Not and silencing it. Well, silencing it is, it, is, it goes against. It goes against the Constitution, and, yeah. and, and look, let me let me uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, let you hear this thing that Thomas Jefferson said. Bear in mind, this was only about yeah two hundred forty five years ago. I predict the future happiness for Americans if they can prevent the government from wasting the labors of the people under the pretense of taking care of them. Now that's that's pretty insightful for what 245 years ago, because like I said the other day, the, if that's true, the opposite is also true. You know, we let the government take over. We won't be happy. Huh? And well, what... I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, it, it, part of this freedom of speech thing for me, the first amendment, I, I get so fucking tired and it's all worldwide. I pay attention to worldwide media. And look, I'm going to tell you, this right here gets under my skin so bad. I mean, it really does. And it's like, to me, blatantly obvious, people would read the First Amendment, which it don't take a lot of reading to read the First Amendment. But uh, people go around, the media is all like, misinformation, disinformation. Well, you know what? The First Amendment provides me the right to misinform you. Mm -hmm. It provides me the right to lie to you. It's up right. to you to take what I say as truth or not. And it's up to you to get off your lazy ass and find out if it's based on fact or reality, That's I right. can lie to you if I want to. That ain't a freaking law. I mean, it's not a crime. So I don't need somebody. And who is the arbiter of truth? Now, I don't, anytime that somebody says, we'll disseminate 
what is and what is not factual. Oh, Joe and Biden. Those people, he those has the Ministry of Truth. <laughs> yeah, but those people, you need to be leery of. That's those right. people are your enemy. Anybody that says that they can tell you what is and what is not factual, they are they're lying. crazy and dangerous people. They mm -hmm. are dangerous. Mm -hmm. Anybody who wants to look at any of these fact checkers, don't ever come up to me, oh, that was fact checked. Well, you can suck a fart out of my ass. That was <laughs> fact checked too. Because I don't need somebody to fact check me. Why don't um, you get off your lazy ass and let somebody other than, I mean, don't count on Snopes, which is a highly partisan bullshit, ain't even a think tank. I mean, but get off your ass and do some research. Don't tell me, oh, it was fact checked. Because you know what? You are the next most dangerous thing in the world of information. Oh, it was fact checked. That's wrong. No, 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 no. Wasn't wrong. Chances are, if it was fact checked, it was probably right over the target. Well, here's a fact check for you. And this is what I've told several people over the last few years. They don't like it, of course, but oh, well. But I have told people over the last few years, you know, you're very lucky to be in the United States. And they're like, wow, look at me. I'm living on the streets. I ain't got nothing. Uh, well, see, that's what I'm telling you. You're very fortunate to be living in the United States because you are free to live on the streets if you want to. Now, I'll be the first to tell you it is not easy getting off the streets, but it can be done. The question is, are you willing to work for it? That's and, right. And quite frankly, there are thousands of very, very brave men and women, much braver than myself, who will not be living in the lap of this country's luxury anymore because they've already paid for it with their lives. And I have a hard time with that too, not understanding why people kind of, um, I call it pissing on the graves of men who paid for their freedoms. I think that goes back to what we were taught when we were kids. If you don't work for it, you won't appreciate it. People get mad at me because I get upset about people not doing anything, but I guess that's all right. They got the right to get mad, but it seems to me like it takes a lot more work to get mad at me for that than it would just to get off your ass and do something. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> there, is a, there is a bit of confusion in this world, I do believe. And one thing I do know is God is not the author of confusion. Did you know that Thomas Jefferson, you remember the deist, he actually, I think it was for like three or four years, used a room in the White House, ready for this, to hold church services where he also had paid musicians to come hold worship service in the White House for like two or three years. No, I did not know that. I just found this out. And I think Thomas Jefferson was, what, the fourth president, right? And um, it amazes me how many people try to negate how this country was founded. Now, granted, they didn't really teach a whole lot of here. Not even when we were growing up. We didn't learn a whole lot of it. Most of our founding fathers were just, you know, glamorized and memorialized, and that was about it. But they were all just men, just like we are, you know? Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't even say that because Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton were the first ones to start political mudslinging in the very first administration in this nation. <laughs> but, you know, they were just people 
Do you remember when I called you one day after doing some studying on these guys? And I was like, man, these guys were overgrown babies. <laughs> oh, well, I know, but they weren't really overgrown. They were young. They accomplished more by the time they were 20 than most people nowadays by their 40. Yeah, uh, George Washington actually won the war on independence at the last battle that was fought. And he was 30, 36, was he? Yeah, something like that. He was younger. Yeah, <clears throat> he was, um, well, he was close to being the youngest president to ever serve. Very close to that. And really, all he wanted to do was go home. Yeah, and that amazes me today. I mean, and it, it is kind of, it's a parallel, but it's very, very uh, relevant to what's going on today. You know, I know their life fans were younger, but back in the day, man, you go back to the pioneer days and shit. People left. The East Coast, mm. when let's say during like the homesteading time, I mean, they, they go out West at like 16 years old, 15, 16 years old. Sure. On their own. You know what I mean? Right. They're walking around with two six shooters, a fucking cowboy hat, and maybe a bag of jerky and some salt and a pack mule. If they were lucky, they had a horse. And, and a some knife. of them didn't even have that. And a knife. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And some of them didn't even have that. Some of them walked. But you're going to turn around and tell me, that, you know, because this is kind of, you know, it's kind of in sync with the American fabric and the First Amendment in the sense of those men. Do you think anybody would have dared walk up to them and said, watch what you say or you can't say that? Do you, I mean. Those were some bold son of a bitches. Yes. I mean, outside of Lewis and Clark, we didn't even have maps of the West. And then what they had was maps of a river and a trail to get to Washington. You know what but I mean? They're the ones they that made the maps. <clears throat> yeah, but they didn't even make a map. Yeah, the maps they had were of river systems. Yeah. And, and then it. once they got to a certain point of land going through certain passes, when you're talking about people that said, you know what, I'm going to go into damn Missouri and Kansas, which weren't really, or they were just recently named and adopted, you know, as territories and or states. But they didn't know what the hell was out there. Mm -hmm. they, they had no idea. Well, they didn't just, know the trials. They didn't know what rivers, what, what animals. They, they just heard of an opportunity and they and, took it. And don't forget the Indian tribes, uh, what do they call them? The indigenous people were all scattered out all over this country in small tribes. So they didn't know who they were walking up <laughs> on, whether they were violent or friendly or anything. Yeah, they had no so, idea. Yeah, so, and yeah, and the lifespan back then, you know, I guess most people Mid -20s, don't realize. Late 20s. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the a lot of the men, as a matter of fact, the youngest person that signed his name on the Declaration of Independence was barely 21 years old. And the average age of those delegates, I believe, was only like 30. And uh, Benjamin Franklin was the oldest by far. I mean, he was 80 years old, I think, when he died, 80-something years old. But most men back then didn't live past 45, 50 years old. Yeah, so, you were an old man back then. Right. And, you know, I was... Jefferson Davis, you know, he was the youngest of 10 brothers and sisters. And uh, his father 
went out looking for places to actually build an income to take care of his family. And uh, he ended up traveling from Georgia up to Kentucky, I believe it was, back down through Alabama and across to Mississippi. And bear in mind, there were no roads back then. There weren't, it wasn't really a whole lot of trails for horse and buggy. And, you know, all this down here wasn't even really developed back then. So this man carries his wife and 10 kids <laughs> all over rough terrain, inclement weather, everything. But, you know, we don't like walking to the mailbox these days, do we? But see, back then we had men. Yeah. And they talk about masculine uh, talk. What happened? Masculinity. And, and let me tell everybody this. If you got a pecker hanging between your legs, I, I don't. I don't know or care. I don't. I, don't, I can't even imagine anyone in their right mind telling somebody to, that masculinity is toxic. <clears throat> we need men. We need men that hit the weights. We need men to go out and do rough things. We need men that ain't scared to go rock climbing, white water, or getting fights. I'm not saying start fights, but go oh, parasailing, hang gliding, bungee yeah, jumping. We, yeah, and then we we need strong men. Nation without strong men is going to collapse. Period. Yeah. I, I don't want to be. This is America. We are a nation of strong men, not just yep. physically strong, but intestinal fortitude out of this world. We we're colonials, man. We, we need more men. Proud of it. We need more men like the men that were fighting with George Washington when he actually won the last battle that brought our independence. Those men had yeah. been months in the winter with no food, no supplies. They were having to find metal to make their ammo with. Most of these guys were walking in the snow barefooted, and they were following that one vision. To have independence against an army that we should have never been able to beat by any stretch of the imagination. We were outnumbered, what, 30 to 1? Yeah, and but the beauty of it was, was they could not resupply, and thank God for what is now called the Rangers. Yep. Man, we pioneered guerrilla warfare. We developed <laughs> it. Because we're Americans, we're some bad son of a bitches. We get a problem, we figure out how to solve it. Well, it? we fought an army that no other nation could defeat. Yep. We defeated them because we said, you know what? We're going to develop this thing called a militia. Mm -hmm. Our ministers and preachers and our little farmers and some boys, some little kids. We're going to go up there and hide in the woods, and we're going to light these some bitches up. And that's exactly what beat the army was, a bunch of kids. Most of them weren't even 21 yet. And the funny thing about that is England could have been hit from every side during that time because they pulled their full Navy and their full army to send over here. Yeah. They didn't have anybody anywhere else and we defeated them, but we didn't just defeat them because we said we were tired of England. I promise you. <laughs> well, because we're born of a spirit. Yep. We knew what was at risk, but you know, willing to take the risk. Yeah. And I but hope we don't ever have to have, 
that type of war again. But I hope we don't do either. But that's what we're dealing with right now, as far as tyrannical governments go. Oh yeah, no, we are in a war, but I don't ever want it to be like a second dimensional war, you know. No. So I, I want it to be. I mean, actually, I don't even want this war. But I mean, I don't think any war is good on the home front. But the enemy is within. We've had Trojan horses. We've allowed these people to come into government. We've at every level of government, federal, local, state, every level, mm-hmm. and every branch of government, executive, legislative, and judicial. Every branch has been contaminated. And we, the people, are many. They are few. And mm-hmm. we stay together, and we keep our First Amendment and exercise the First Amendment, and we stand our ground. They have nothing for us. And I don't care what country you're in. You might not have a First Amendment, but you got a voice, and that voice was given to God. You've got a certain level of freedoms that were given uh, to you by God, not your freaking government. That's right. But, you know, I think the best the best line of defense that we have right now, you know, it, it wouldn't do us any good to arm up and go to war with anybody right now. The best thing we need we can do is what me and you are doing right now is help people understand exactly what it is that's going on. Knowledge is power, without a doubt. But until people start understanding what's going on and why it's going on, we're going to be fighting each other instead of fighting who we need to be fighting. And really, to beat these people, all we got to do is stand. That's it. As, and stand as- united. Stand united. You know, anybody, I mean, if you ever played Red Rover, Red Rover when you were a kid, you know what I'm talking about. You know? Well, <clears throat> but, uh, this, well, this topic does bring me to the Second Amendment. Yeah, we I need mean, the Second Amendment to keep the First Amendment. Well, because here in America, I mean, even the Brits don't have this right. I mean, they can have a shotgun or something like that. They can prove it's for hunting. and But, I mean, we're the only country that has a Second Amendment, the right to bear arms that I'm aware of. and The right to bear not, arms shall not be infringed. And for those who have a hard time with the English language, shall is a definitive word. It is not an if-then thing. It's a and, given. But, see, this is the thing that I would call on all Americans to do. because, And if you are a nation out there that has the right to own and keep arms, I advise everybody to do it. I'm not saying go after your government. I'm not saying that. But Protect yourself, though. The, the ability to be a marksman is a perishable knowledge. If yep. you do not continue to do it, you will lose your ability to be effective with a weapon. So everybody needs to. I don't care if it's just a box of 100. You know, you, you need to be able to make a regular investment in ammunition more than you're going to shoot up at the range or out in the country. You need to be able to have enough rounds to defend your immediate household, and you need to be able to have enough rounds that you can stay on target. You can regularly practice. Keep those skills refined. As far as that goes, learn how to make your own rounds. Yeah, but my point of saying this is having 300 plus million, 400 million weapons out there in the hands of private civilians It's useless if they don't know how to be proficient with those weapons. Proficiency is key 
to you to make those weapons what they are and and they are a check on the powers to be so to be proficient with the use of a weapon and your marksmanship skills is paramount That's how you shoot them straight. It almost sounded like we were fixing to get into a Second Amendment conversation, didn't it? But anyway, why don't you tell us what you think about it? Just leave your comments in the comment section below. Don't forget we're on all your favorite podcast channels. My name is Chris Williams, and on behalf of my brother and myself, we are the Constitution Commandos, and we're signing out. <laughs>